Hello and welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast with your host Amrit Sander. So the topic of this week's podcast is toxic cultures. Now um, this has come about from something I was reading in the news about feedback that former British gymnasts had given about their time in the British Olympic team and how they were regularly humiliated, belittled and bullied whilst they were training. This culture that was there from the leadership about how they thought they could get away with treating people and the scarring it had had on people who'd walked away. And at the time, they were afraid to say anything because it was going to risk their career. And, you know, that in light of Me Too, in light of Black Lives Matter, in light of, we just heard recently, in Leicester, clothing manufacturers, and how people are being treated to sell or make clothes at such ridiculous prices. Whilst there's lots of complexities around all of these things, one thing's fundamental is how we're treating people across some of these organisations. And, um, you know, it's unethical, it, it isn't right, and it's illegal in some cases. And we need to think about how that's being allowed to happen. I think most of us are probably shocked more so now because we thought, the more many of us thought, these sort of things, these scandals were relegated to our past. And to find them very much a, a firm part of our present is shocking and horrifying. In this day and age, how can these practices still be allowed to carry on or carry on and under someone's leadership? And this is where I want to get to with this. Across organisations, whatever the practice is, where people are being mistreated and maltreated, leaders know. It's rare that people don't know. People choose to turn their eye the other way or turn you know, turn a blind eye to, to the situation. But leaders know. And suddenly when there's a scandal because some brave soul has come out and, and, and you know there's a whistleblower who says, I can't tolerate this anymore. This isn't right, and I'm going to call it out. There's a huge sigh of relief from the people who work there to say, finally, somebody might now do something different. And you'll have leaderships going to overdrive to say, we didn't realise this was, you know, this was happening. Um, we're going to make corrections. We're going to fix things. And I think that's probably where there's more anger. To say, if the spotlight hadn't come onto you, you would have allowed this to carry on. So ethical leadership and. Um, from the context of leaders in terms of knowing what's going on but choosing not to do something about it until there's a spotlight on the situation. Now, if you're in a situation where you think, I didn't really know what was going on, you need to get close to your organisation and the industry. People know. There's an awful, awful lot of stuff that, that goes on in organisations and, and people know and people talk internally. So for a leader to say, we didn't know, I don't buy it. And I think this is where one of the challenges are. Now, thankfully, these organisations and these scandals are the exception. Uh, I personally have had a chance to work with some fantastic leaders and managers and HR directors who, who are just exemplary in terms of the way they behave, compassionate leadership, not to tick any boxes, but because they genuinely care. I've had people ring me saying, uh, in tears, to say, I'm desperately working hard to look after my people and I don't know how I'm going to do it. Such is the level of compassion. They're concerned about the families, their employees, their families, and, and so on and so on. So these exceptions are exceptions. But on somebody's watch, these practices either were sanctioned through action 
or sanctioned through inaction. But either way, they were sanctioned. And so this is a chance now for us to sit back and say, what are we willing to allow to happen in organizations? I remember about 10 years ago, maybe maybe longer now, but ethics was a really important part of business. Lots of organizations were going around creating ethical statements. They were shoehorning integrity into their values and they were trying to demonstrate how ethical they were. And all these statements were written and all of this paperwork was created and roles were made. But actually, these scandals still carry on, which tells us in some cases, nothing has changed. We ticked the box and we moved on. So now it's about how do we bring these ethics to life? How do we truly start to question what's going on in the organizations? How are people being treated? And what are we willing to tolerate? I had um, the chance of, when I was young, I joined the police for a, a year with, uh, with the constabulary that I'm, that I'm near where I work. And at the time, I thought I was doing it because it just felt like a good thing to do, interesting thing to do. I, I'd qualified as a pharmacist and I thought, let me go and spend a year with the police. This was a, as a special constable. I got my combat training, my CS training, and actually it was, it was an amazing year. And whilst I thought it was a decision I'd made on a whim, it was only when I was doing my executive coaching qualification. And when, when you're doing that qualification, you do an awful lot of reflective practice, which is a subject very close to my heart anyway. And it was whilst I was reflecting on why I joined the police that I realized how important a value of justice is to me. It's a really, really important value for me. I don't like injustice. Um, I don't like intolerance. And, and this this justice justice as a value is a really important value for me. And uh, you know you start to then look back on your life and joining the dots. And I remember a time when we were in town once, my wife, my kids, and I saw somebody clearing a whole shelf out in a department store. And just in the blink of an eye, I found myself chasing them out the store, jumping on them when we were on the high street in the middle of the town, waiting for the police to arrive. And and they caught the the person and. I went back and my wife just, you know, just looked at me like, what happened to you? And, and this is what happens, I think, when our values are violated, our true, deep, meaningful values are violated, we act upon it. We will not stand by when our values are violated. And so I think my ask out there for leaders and managers out there, leaders of organisations is, what are your values? What is it you're willing to tolerate? And what are the things you think, I will not tolerate and I will not stand, stand for that? And right now, are your values being violated? And in amongst all the constraints and the pressures you might be under, are you giving away your values? Are you selling them downstream for the sake of some other priorities? And if so, and if there's something that's not sitting right with you, it needs correcting. Because it's going to come out and we need to make sure that as leaders, we are correcting these things because people matter. How people are being treated matter. There's an interesting dynamic in uh, academia you'll find that professors in departments go on rotation to head the department up. So you've got to be really careful how you treat people because your rotation will last a finite time and one of your colleagues will then become a head of a department. And it, you make, it makes you question that if we had some sort of system like that across organisations where leaders aren't given a role for life, but actually it's a rotation, might we see some of these unethical practices minimized if not you know mitigated in terms of uh, removed from from the way we practice our organizations it raises a question 
because at the moment, these scandals, whilst they're few and far between, it's not good enough. It's not good enough in this day and age that on somebody's watch, these things are happening. And whilst they might sound extreme, there are minor versions of that happening. I remember in one organisation, there was such a culture of fear that the, the leader pulled everybody together and said, I want to you know, hear from everybody to understand what it's like working here. And it was an open forum. And the silence told you enough. Nobody wanted to say anything. The truth, everybody knew. Everybody was looking at each other, eyeballing each other, waiting for someone to say something. But the fear was too compelling or, or overwhelming. And nobody said anything. And it became an update where the leader then said, well, if there's no other feedback, then I'll give you an update. And everybody walked away. Such was the fear of the reaction that we were going to get if somebody had called out to the leader how things are and how they are. So as leaders, we've got to be careful. On one hand, there's the values, but on the other hand, is the, the way we react. There was another leader I, I, I heard of, and I never saw this in action myself, but there was a real fear of another leader in one organization I worked with. Because every time this leader got stressed, the keyboard would be thrown off the desk, anything that was on the desk would be swiped off, thrown in rage. Now imagine a situation like that, who's going to give that person bad news? And so things were just swept under the carpet. So unethical leadership, you know, these um, these things cannot surprise and shock us because somebody somewhere in the organisation knows what's going on and hasn't called it out. And we're waiting for a brave soul to step forward, to whistleblow, to say this practice and this behaviour or this treatment of people isn't right and I'm not willing to stand for it. Are we going to wait until that happens before a light is shone on your organisation? Or if there's something that doesn't sit right with you now, now's the chance to say, we're going to fix this. We're going to correct this. Um, ethical leadership, toxic cultures, you know, leaders are critical to the, the forming of a culture. They play a, a pivotal hand in the architecture of a culture. And so therefore, it's quite right and just that we look at the leaders to say, what culture have you created on your watch? You cannot say, I wasn't aware. This falls firmly in your lap. So um, ethical leadership, um, this was all driven out of, as I said, the the form of feedback from former gymnasts at the British Olympic team, the um, the Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter, the Leicester uh, clothing, and all of these things in this day and age, how is this still carrying on? When we've got ethical statements, we've got values, we've got so much in place as infrastructure, actually, it needs to violate some of our values. And a lot of these things are, we just need to become cognizant of our own values and understand why we feel so strongly and take action. We cannot stand by. The lack of action in itself will be sanctioning the behaviours that we have right now. So um, apologies if this sounds preachy. It's definitely not meant to be, uh, but it is a personal... Um, it just resonated very personally with me that um, how is this still carrying on in this day and age? It's, it's not right and it's not fair on the people who are desperately trying to do their best. And there's a risk now in the current climate, fear will be more uh, of an issue because no one wants to lose their job. So no one's going to say what they might have said in another environment. So that's all from me today. Um, Toxic Cultures, Ethical Leadership, Amrit Sander from The Engagement Coach. I will see you soon. Take care. The Engagement Coach Podcast.